Let's go to God uh, in prayer as we open our text this morning. God, we thank you for this day, uh, for the time that we have to share together, to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, heirs of your kingdom. We come here uh, this morning to bring you glory, to bring you honor, to bring you praise, to gather around the table and to remember the sacrifice that was given for us on the cross of Calvary. But we also come to strengthen and encourage and to edify one another. We thank you for the privilege and the honor of gathering together as your people. And we pray that the worship we have given to you today has been done in a way that is pleasing in your sight. As we always strive for your glory and your pleasure. And we pray now, Father, as we open up your word, that our minds would be still that our eyes would be open, that our hearts would be soft, and we can just have those obstacles removed that frequently stand in the way um, that prevent us from hearing what you would have us hear. And as we go from this place, that we would take uh, the words that you speak to us, the transformation that you begin in us, and we would have the wisdom and the courage to follow where your Spirit leads from this place. We will do the things that you've called us to do, that we will be the people that you've called us to be, that we will allow your light to shine through us into a world that is so dark and depraved and in desperate need of the news that we have to share about Jesus. It is in his name we pray these things. Amen. I'm going to count on... uh, you guys back there to kind of advance the slides for me. A connection is lost here, and so I'm, I'm flying blind. We, um, we don't hear no real well. I, I say we. I'm putting you in that same box with me, and maybe that's unfair, okay? So let me change that. I don't hear no very well. Um, my children are much like me. They don't hear no very well. It's hard for us at times to just simply stop for a moment and to just obey, if you will. Like there were times growing up where my dad would say no, and I wanted to know why, but there wasn't time to explain why. I just needed to know and trust that my parents had my best interest in mind, and even if I didn't understand, no meant no, and maybe someday I would understand why. Um, there was a time when I was in Cancun with a friend of mine, and my friend on a bus in Mexico was trying to sell his St. Louis Cardinals hat to two young women on the bus. And he just kept saying, they said they liked his hat. He just kept saying, cuantos, 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 which means how much, how much, how much. And our sponsor was saying, Paul, shh. No. And he says, no, Mr. P, I got this, I got this. And he says, Paul, sit down and be quiet. And as we left, he said, you're about to get us in a world of hurt. Because you were speaking to two prostitutes and you were asking them how much they were. And he's like, no, that's not what I was doing. And he said, I know that's not what you were trying to do, but that is exactly what you were doing. The next time I say, stop, stop, and we'll talk about why later. You're in a foreign country, speaking a foreign language, and you don't understand the culture. 
See, but we're not really good at hearing no. Uh, about a year ago, uh, Jody wanted to go downtown and she wanted to take some pictures downtown with a friend of hers. And she said, hey, Dad, can you take me and Jenna downtown and just drop us off? We want to take some pictures. And I said, no. No. You're out of your mind? And she's like, well, we just want to take pictures. And I was like, I know, but I'm not dropping you off downtown by the river and just leaving you there for a couple of hours. I'll take you down there. You're not going to hang out with us all the time, are you? Like, no, but I'm going to be nearby. And so we went downtown, and we had uh, uh, you know, root beer floats there at the little uh, malt shop up there on the corner. And, and they went down to the river, and they were walking down along the riverbank, and they were taking pictures, just having a good time. Um, and I was following a ways back. I was giving them their space. And between myself and them was a man who was walking on top of the levee. And they would move down a little ways, and he would move down a little ways. And they went down underneath the bridge and went down a little ways, and, and he went down a little ways. And here I am moving down a little ways behind him. And after a little while, I walked up and I said, hey, man, how are you? And he said, I'm good. I said, man, it sure is a beautiful day today, isn't it? He said, oh, it sure is. And we talked for a little bit, about three minutes. And he said, uh, those your girls down there? I said, yes, sir, they are. And he said, oh, well, you tell them they better be careful. There's lots of things going on around, you know, and they can get in a lot of trouble. I said, that's exactly why I'm here. <laughs> and he said, well, you have a nice day now, and he walked away. And so I walked down to the river, and I said, hey, how are you guys doing? You guys having a good time? And she said, yes. I said, hey, do you see that guy standing up there behind you? And she goes, where? <laughs> that's exactly why I said No. Right, and it's okay because you're a kid, and, and you can be naive about the world around. That's okay because you can be a child for a little bit longer. But here's what I just need from you. When you are in a place where you are alone, I just need you to be aware of your surroundings. Know who's behind you. Know who's ahead of you. You don't have to be skeptical. You don't have to think the worst of them, but just be aware. Sometimes a little bit of eye contact goes a long ways. She didn't like it initially when I said No. Because we don't hear no very well, especially when it's something that we really want to do, really have a desire to do. And as we'll see in Acts, the apostles maybe really had a, a sense of calling to do when it came to sharing the gospel. But sometimes um, the Spirit of God tells us no. And, and walking in the Spirit is about being sensitive to God's presence and to His voice. There are some people that are going to tell me no that I'm not going to hear it well from. There are others who say no, where I'm going to say, I don't understand, but I know who you are and I trust you. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to understand this in the future. But I don't get it. There are also times where just in life, we just have to be sensitive to what's going on around us. To be aware. To be sensitive of God's presence and His voice. I'm in Acts chapter uh, 16, verses 1 through 15. We have this story of the apostles. Uh, Paul selects Timothy. Let's read here in, chap in chapter 16, verse 1. It says, Then he went on to Derby and Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy. He was the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was a Greek. And the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of him, and Paul wanted Timothy to go with him. So he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. 
since they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for them to observe. And so the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily. And so you see, here they are doing a good work. They're going around from town to town, and they're strengthening the people, and they're talking about what they've talked about and the decisions that they've made, and people are getting stronger. The church is getting stronger. Verse 6, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, and they were prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in Asia. When they came to Mysia, they, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And so bypassing Mysia, they came to Troas, and during the night, a vision appeared to Paul. A Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to evangelize them. And then setting sail from Troas, we, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for a number of days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we thought there was a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to, a woman, to, to the women gathered there, a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was spoken by Paul. And after she and her household were baptized, she urged us, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So there's a lot going on here in, in this passage. But we see the apostles, Paul and Timothy, walking by the Spirit. And and walking in the Spirit is essential to making decisions both big and small. And and the thing about walking by the Spirit is we have to be able to hear the yes and the no. And I don't know how that no came. I don't know if if they encountered a, a legal wall in Asia. You know, maybe they weren't allowed to enter into that space. It says the the Holy Spirit didn't allow them to preach in Asia. Why would the Holy Spirit not allow them to preach in Asia? I don't know. Not a question I can answer. But sometimes when we have something that we feel so strongly about or we have a a call that we believe has been given to us so urgently that we just kind of charge through those no's. And there may be a wall there, but guess what? I got a sledgehammer and I can break this wall down. There's some resistance, but I'm strong enough to overcome it. And sometimes the Spirit of God is just saying, go a different way. We'll get here, but not now. The gospel message will get to Asia, but now is not the time. There is something more for you to do. There is something better for you to do. And so they listen to that urging of the Spirit. And they don't preach in Asia, and they go a different way. And and it says the Spirit of Christ doesn't allow them to enter into Mysia. And so they go a different way. And as soon as they do, they hear the call. They have a vision, the Macedonian call. They receive a clear indication of what to do next. Look, some, those things come to us in many ways. No's not easy for me to hear. I've heard no a lot in my life. Um, as a salesman, I learned to kind of be okay with a, do you want to spend money? No. I didn't take it personally. When it comes to following a call that you believe God has put on your heart and on your life, 
to hear the answer no is a lot harder. I remember sitting and talking to a friend after going through many church searches, search committees, interviews, visits, dragging Heather and the kids to hear hither and hither and yawn, as they say, right? And I remember talking to a friend of mine saying, man, what is wrong with me? I don't know how many more times I can hear no. It can be deflating. And I can't tell you how many times it was tempting to just force your way into a place just to simply arrive somewhere where you believe you've been called to. But the humility to surrender to the Spirit and trust that if the Spirit of God is telling me no in one place, He has a place for me in mind. To just be patient and to wait. We have to be able to listen to that because the thing is, we can't have it both ways. But I want it both ways. right? I can't walk... Uh, by the flesh and by the Spirit of God at the same time. I can't have it both ways. It's either going to be my way, I'm going to live my way by my will and by my flesh, or I'm going to have it His way by His will and by His Spirit. Because if I'm trying to fulfill what I want, I can't do what He wants. And if I'm trying to do what He wants and He desires for me, then what I want doesn't matter. can't walk by the flesh and by the Spirit at the same time. I'm either going to live a life that is led by the Spirit or I'm going to live a life that is steeped in the flesh. We can't have it both ways. Uh, In Romans chapter 8, Paul writes to the church in Rome, uh, verse 5, this is what he says about life by the Spirit. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, think about things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit about things of the Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. They don't go together. They don't mesh. They don't blend. They don't walk step for step. You're either going to live by the flesh or you're going to live by the Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law. For it is unable to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh. But you are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you live according to the flesh you are going to die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live all of those led by God's spirit are God's sons see you can't have it both ways 
what we see here with Paul and Timothy is that as a result of following where the Spirit was leading, of listening to both the yes and the no's of where the Spirit goes and the Spirit calls, of avoiding Asia, of avoiding Mysia, and hearing and heeding the vision of God and charging forth into Macedonia, Lydia becomes the first Christian in Philippi and her whole household is converted. The birth of the Philippian church becomes the first congregation on European soil. Really, it is an event that has changed the lives of everyone in the West. That that was the beginning of a movement which would eventually lead to the church that you sit in today. And it began. Would it have begun anyway? Sure. I mean, I mean, the Word of God is not going to be ceased because Paul refuses to listen to the Spirit. But it began on that day because Paul and Timothy were willing to say, look, God, it doesn't make sense that you don't want me to preach in this place or that place, but I trust you. I trust that you have a path in mind, that you have something, that you're going to work uh, in, in this path that I'm choosing, and I'm choosing to follow where you lead. And one of the hard things about living a life led by the Spirit is we frequently never know the impact that our obedience to the Spirit will have on ourselves or on others. A lot of times the things that you do when you are following the Spirit of God is you affect people in ways that you don't even know. I can't tell you how many times I've attended funerals in my life and I sat in the pews or sat in the seats or sat in the place and kind of looked out and said, you know, this person never had a clue how much they affected my life. This person never had a clue how great an impact they had on the man, on the father, on the husband, on the Christian that I am today. And it seems like it's too little too late, but at least maybe I can share with their family the impact they had, what I should have shared with them. It happens because oftentimes the Spirit works in those ways. And if we are following where the Spirit leads, we're not worried about results. We're just worried about doing what He has called us to do and doing the will of the Father and doing what brings Him glory and what brings Him honor. And what happens, happens. And it happens on his time and on his scale and in his measure. And I have so little control over those things. When we follow where the Spirit leads, we impact others and frequently we don't even know how. There is a, a ripple effect that extends even beyond our current vision and our ability to see. It can affect whole families, whole generations. A large part of the reason I'm a Christian today is because a woman, 70 years ago, 
decided to live a life congruent with the will of God, even when her husband didn't. And through the life that she led and and the witness that she gave and the testimony that she professed to by the life that she lived, my grandfather became a Christian. My father was raised in a Christian home. And he raised his children in a Christian home. And she didn't live long enough to see many of her grandchildren grow up to see the kind of legacy that she started by simply being obedient to the Spirit and His call to be Christian. You may never know the impact you have on other people when you follow where the Spirit leads. But the thing is, as we learn to rely on God instead of ourselves, because that's the temptation, right, is I can do it. But when we learn to rely on God instead of ourselves, we begin to see His work in our lives, and and oftentimes we see the way He works in those around us. Because right now, the problem I have is I, I only am able to see God's work in my life in retrospect. Like when I'm in the middle of something, I'm like, God, where are you? I don't see you here. Why have you left me alone and abandoned? And then I get down the way a little bit and I look back and I, and I see his, his work all over it. But in the middle of it, it's so hard to see because we don't understand how God works frequently. But when we flow in the Spirit, we learn God's ways. We learn His style. We learn His gentleness, His impulses. We learn His manner of doing things and His way with people when we live life by the spirit we do what pleases the spirit and he prompts us along the way to stay close to his will God wants you to know his ways he wants you to know who he is he wants you to know that that he has a personality, and how do you get to know somebody's personality? You spend time with them. How do you really get to know who someone is and how they work and how they tick and what they want and what they desire? You spend time with them. If I want to know what makes my wife happy, fulfilled, content, We've got to spend time together. I remember when we first started dating, we'd fall asleep on the phone. Like, still attached to the wall. Yeah, it was, mine was corded anyway. I think Heather's had a long cord because sometimes she would have to go out in the hallway and sit because she had a roommate that went to bed early in college. So she'd be sitting in the hallway on the phone, sometimes asleep. And I'd wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with a numb ear because that phone had been pressed between the pillow and my ear for a while because we just, we just wanted to be around each other. We wanted to know. We wanted to converse. We wanted to get to know one another, to know what makes them go, what makes them tick, what, what makes things happen. 
the same thing is true for God. If you want to get to know God, you can't avoid His presence. You can't avoid spending time with Him. You can't avoid His Word. It, it takes time. It takes dedication. It takes commitment to the relationship. And I pray, I pray that God never laments over His people the way He does over Israel in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 10. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 10, I don't remember if I put it up there or not. I did. I'll read it there. This is what God says about his people Israel. Therefore I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. And so I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest. I want to know the ways of God. I want to know his precepts. I want to know his laws. I want to know his personality. I want to know his inclinations. And I want to know his spirit. I want to know the way his spirit works. And the only way to know those things is to spend time. Spend time with him. And we do that so that he may never have that same limitation over us. I never want him to look at the people here. I don't ever want him to look at me and say, he doesn't know my ways. He don't know my ways. Do you know God's ways? Do you know the way of God? Are, are you committed and devoted to living life led by the Spirit of God? Or are we just kind of aimlessly wandering through life hoping for the best? Are you seeking out, actively seeking out the will of the Father? Or are you doing what pleases yourself? Because we can't walk by the flesh and by the Spirit at the same time.